Here's a story from The World. A logistical success, but a strategic failure. That's how top U.S. generals described the U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan in a second day of hearings today on Capitol Hill, this time before the House Armed Services Committee. Author Sarah Chase was watching. She served as a special advisor to the U.S. military in Afghanistan and the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff after a decade on the ground in Kandahar. Sarah, a lot of the most intense questioning today dealt with intelligence failures, questions about how do we miss the rapid collapse of the Afghan government. Here's how Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin tried to answer that in his opening statement. We need to consider some uncomfortable truths that we did not fully comprehend the depth of corruption and poor leadership in their senior ranks that we did not grasp the damaging effect of frequent and unexplained rotations by President Ghani of his commanders, that we did not anticipate the snowball effect caused by the the deals that the Taliban commanders struck with local leaders in the wake of the Doha agreement. Sarah, what do you make of that explanation for the lack of military intelligence? It's just stunning to me, but in a way not surprising. So much U.S. intelligence was focused on who we should kill, Instead of being focused on the degree of corruption, not just in the ranks of the Afghan military, but throughout the government and the effect that that would have on the willingness of Afghan citizens to take mortal risks for their own government. You know, I mean, that information was being hammered on successive U.S. administrations for years. I was one of the hammerers and not at all alone. And so I find that very distressing. And then this snowball effect of the local deals. I think this is another really significant failing on the intelligence and military side is misunderstanding how Afghans wage war. Afghans rarely fight as units to the death. Fighting is much more a kind of psychological exercise. That's why it's often quite violent. So you have the combination of the Taliban who were making battlefield victories, a Doha agreement that essentially conferred sovereignty on them, and then they went to work on the ground, as he said. How could the United States government have missed that context? Joint Chiefs Chair General Mark Milley tried to provide an answer for how the U.S. failed to predict the Afghan government's collapse. Well, we can count the the, the trucks and the guns and the units and all that, we can watch that from different techniques, but we can't measure a human heart from a machine. You've got to be there to do that. And I think uh, that was probably one of the most significant contributing factors to missing the deterioration in the morale uh, of the Afghan army. Sarah Chase, what do you make of General Milley's comments there? We were there for 20 years. We were on the ground for 20 years and we still missed that type of psychological and social intelligence. We never got close enough to ordinary people. Well, you spoke earlier of the lack of understanding of how Afghans wage war. I mean, General Milley at one point questioned why the U.S. had tried to build an Afghan army in our own image. What was he getting at? He put his finger on what you really can hang around the military's neck, is why would you create in an environment of very difficult terrain where wars are constantly being won by ill-armed, ill-equipped insurgents, why would you create a conventional army? that looks like ours, that requires highly technical equipment that people need to maintain, that seems to require air support, although the Taliban never seemed to need air support. And that, again, was going on for 20 years. And I think we really have to ask ourselves as a country, why? What was the incentive structure behind building that type of a 
top-heavy, equipment-heavy military, and were economic interests not involved here? I mean, is this not the type of equipment and contractor support that is delivered by very high-end military contractors whose executives have been building fancy mansions around Washington, D.C. for the last decade? So the starting point for the hearings this week seemed to be that the problems with the U.S. project in Afghanistan were fundamentally military, and that's why generals were brought before lawmakers today and called to task. But weren't a lot of the fundamental problems also civilian? Well, exactly. Thank you, Marco. And I hope that civilian officials will be called soon. And first and foremost, for me, it would be Zal Khalilzad, who is responsible for the actual terms of the Doha Agreement, which I think Zal Khalilzad is the special envoy for Afghanistan. That's exactly right. He's an Afghan-American who conducted these negotiations at President Trump's behest in Doha. Those negotiations, as far as I know, were conducted in Pashto without any member of the U.S. government who spoke the language present other than the ambassador. And they essentially conferred sovereignty on the Taliban. How would we expect an Afghan government not to be demoralized under those conditions? Author Sarah Che served as a special advisor to the U.S. military from 2008 to 2012. Her most recent book is On Corruption in America and What is at Stake. Sarah, thank you very much for your time. Thank you, Marco. It's great to be with you.